and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos Washington Wizards podcast. I am one half of this dynamic duo podcasting team. I'm Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA, the captain of the ship, Mr. Carthen Farrar. Follow him. In fact, let's, let me give it to Carthen real quick here. Carthen, first off, how you doing? Where can folks find you? Like, we start an intro here live. I, I'm doing Audible. <laughs> uh you can find me on Twitter at Carthen NBA. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Carthen NBA. I'm going to start doing little uh, videos on there where I'm doing little shorts, giving out stats and talking about things that I see on, on, on the games and just, you know, trying to try some different things to get more content out to you all so that y'all can feel the vibe and fit and feel the love that we're trying to give y'all here at uh, Wizard Sports Ethos. Absolutely. And speaking of that, in addition to all the stuff that Carthen's doing, like he said, already on Twitter and on Instagram, you can also find him on Twitter with the Wizards um, at Ethos Wizards. There's been some good stuff there as well. There will continue to be a lot more stuff coming there. So again, on Twitter at Ethos Wizards. Speaking of Ethos, we are part of the Sports Ethos Podcast Network. So check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos online, sportsethos.com. Pretty simple. S P O R T S E T H O S. Got basketball, baseball, football, just all sorts of content across a variety of platforms. Definitely make sure to jump on board with that. All right. So we are getting back started here on this regular show. About five weeks in on the season now. Going to be a lot more regular moving forward, but the Wizards have been uh, regularly interesting. Right now, they're sitting fifth in the Eastern Conference. Just getting caught up on some stats here before we throw it to Carthen to do the deep dive that he is known for. Uh, they are eight and six. Their last game was just two nights ago. No, it was actually yeah, two nights ago where they beat, um, or no, yesterday. Forgot, yeah. They beat a shorthanded Memphis Grizzlies team that was missing John Morant and um, Desmond Bain, but still they were shooting well and and won that game by 10. They're sitting 25th in offensive rating. We'll talk about that in a minute. But 12th in defensive rating, all in all 20th in net rating. So ups and downs for sure. Um, you had Christoph Porzingis with some big games. You've had Kyle Kuzma with some big games. Um, Bradley Beal has been out just a little bit with some injury. And that's kind of where we sit right now. So Carthen, as someone who's done a deep dive on this squad, I've seen some good shooting nights. I've seen Chris Porzingis um, becoming more uh, offensively assertive. At the same time, I'm sure that there's also some hiccups there as well, uh, some of which you've highlighted. The Wizards thinking they're a team of, as LeBron James so eloquently put, lasers when they aren't. Um, but I'm going to throw it to you, Carthen. Over the last couple weeks here, five weeks in, sitting pretty in the middle of the Eastern Conference at seed number five, what have you seen observation-wise from these Washington Wizards? Well, I tell you, with the Wizards hit in this last four-game uh, stretch where Bradley Bill hasn't been there, um, you've seen a lot of a lot more ball movement. You've seen a lot more um, freedom going with the team. Uh, team MVP Joe. Um, Jordan Goodwin, been balling out our uh, <laughs> two-way player. And the team is is starting to find their groove. And it's going to be pretty interesting to me to see how 
when Bradley Bill comes back, how they will, how the team dynamic will continue to work with him back in as the number one option mm. because they've been playing really, really well team defense. They've been playing really, really well uh, as far as taking good quality shots. And the ball movement has just been extremely well, which watching the games here recently makes me question um, if the ball has just been real stagnant when Bradley Bill has been on the floor where you got a lot of people standing around. They don't feel it, it, it seems like they feel their job is just to stand there and, yeah. and, and take shots. So it's very, very interesting um, because I'm, I sit there and I look at other folks on uh, messages on Twitter and different things like that. And that's the buzz that's going on around Twitter, uh, Twitter world right now is are the Wizards better with or without Bradley Bill? And I'll put my take on that in a little while, but it, it I can honestly say it's been pretty interesting because without Bradley Bill, who's supposed to be our sniper, um, we've had back-to-back games where we've had our best three-point shooting uh, games of the season. So very, very interesting how thing, how the dynamics of the team has been going these last four games during our four-game winning streak. It definitely has been. I mean, you gave up some excellent points. Uh, Shout-out to Jordan Goodwin, uh, for sure. But I wonder if, like you said, like with the absence of Bradley Beal, maybe players feel more free because it maybe they are, for better or for worse, deferring to Beal to um, an extraordinary degree when he's on the floor. And now them not being on the floor, you can play inside out with Christoph Porzingis. Kyle Kuzma can do a lot more initiating of the offense. You know, guys feel more free to do more than just, like you said, surround the corners. Um, it, I especially think it helps Denny uh, Avija just to not have to shoot so many, not not even shoot so many threes, but he's hesitant to do it. And he's put in a position where he does a lot of it or can do a lot of it. So being more free to be versatile offensively, I think is helpful as well. Uh, I mean, we talked about this a little bit, Carthen. We, we're going to talk about this some more here for sure. But the Bradley Beal question, ever since he signed that extension, we first started talking about this podcast, a little background for y'all. That was one of the first things Carthen and I talked about. And it's one of those things that we got to a point where, like, hey, we're going to have plenty of time in the season to go back to it. Because with every game that Bradley Beal plays or misses, it's a referendum on, hey, we have him on this Wizards squad for the next, what, five years or whatever, you know, locked in, max contract, only way he leaves, he says so. And take it from me being a name New Yorker, like, I've seen this play out with one Carmelo Anthony. And it can get real ugly toward the end of that, you know, if – if it isn't working out and he only wants to go a certain place, whatever the case may be. Now, all that being said, I mean, the numbers look okay um, for Bradley Bill if you're looking like average shooting guard numbers, but this is his worst scoring season since his fourth season in the league right now at just 21 points per game. His three ball has been bad. It's not as bad as it was last year, which is his worst sh- shooting year from three of his career in the NBA. But right now, if we were slotting all of his years um, in terms of three-point percentage, this would be his second worst year right now. So he's not making that at a high clip. His three-point attempts aren't super great. He's shooting 32% on just four attempts per game. That's not really good for someone, like you said, leading the charge from three. Um, Offensively, in terms of field goal percentage, 
not super great either if we're looking at the numbers um i mean i was i mean it's good right now in, in short sample size small sample size but looking at the numbers like it, it's one of those things where i don't know i think that are the wizards better without bradley beal i'm not gonna say that like I, of course i i i, I I say no just because he is one of the better players on this roster. That doesn't speak well of the roster, in my opinion, if Bradley Beal is. Mind you, he's out with set healthy safety and protocol, so it's not like it'll be that long of a time before he comes back in. But I do wonder if he is indeed a, a, a player that is going to be more of the Ewing theory. Remember, uh, Carthen, where you know Patrick Ewing didn't play and they played better? Is Bradley Beal a candidate for that so far in his early going? I would say right now, uh-huh. I think the issue is is an identity crisis. So okay, when it comes when it comes to the team, when Bradley Bill's not there, they play one way. When he's there, they when he is there, they play a different way. And when it comes down to that, under them having to be able to find a team identity in which Bradley Bill is able to get his butt it's into the flow of the offense versus Bradley Bill is our number one scorer. We're going to give it to him. We're going to let him ISO and so on and so forth. Because in my opinion, you look back at Bradley Bill's career and you look at the years where Bradley Bill has been, has had his most successful years. It has been the years where Bradley Bill played shooting guard, and that's it. Excuse me. He had the John Wall, the the point guards of the John Walls, the point guards of the Russell Westbrooks, those guys who facilitated, took a lot of pressure off, uh, was able to dribble the ball and take a lot of pressure off of him being a, a someone who had to create for himself, mm-hmm. and just be that score. Because if you really look at it, Bradley Bill is not a point guard. No. Bradley Bill has his worst games when he has to be the point guard, when he has to play that position. Bradley Bill is not the best dribbler. He creates a lot of, I'll say maybe about 80 to 85% of his turnovers he has in the game mm-hmm. is him trying to do something with the basketball instead of, having people like Amante Morris who is a who has a over 5 assist to turnover ratio percentage having a guy like him actually facil- facilitate and set him up or a guy like Porzingis where he they're playing they're featuring him and he's playing inside out and they go to double team him and Bradley Bills in tra- uh in rotation gets the ball puts the ball up shoots knocks it down yeah, Bradley Bill has been has been his best when he has been able to set his feet, get the pass, knock the shot down, not dribbling and doing all that other stuff. So, uh, I guess my question to you in response to that then is that is, I mean, it, him expanding his game, right? Having these illustrious scoring nights for the last couple of years, being a secondary to primary offensive hub is the reason he got this contract, right? Because we went, came into the league, you know, he was, like you said, like a more of a shooter, stand-up spot-up guy. Now, he's not great at this additional pressure. Like, he's, if he's your best guy, you know, you're probably, you know, fighting for a playing spot in the East. But at the same time, this type of play 
is what got him this contract now, at least this new role. So I don't know, and I think you can agree, the team isn't, unless maybe you disagree, the team isn't designed for Bradley Beal to play anything less than the way he's already playing. I guess I'm just curious, how do you see a better fit, like you said, between balancing what he is ideal at and the additional burden that he's either asked for or had to shoulder, but either way is his role now. I would tell you that I disagree that the team isn't set up for him. And the reason being is because although he does not have that dynamic point guard, like he's had throughout his entire career Mm -hmm. pre this year or last year, pre last year, Mm-hmm. what he has had, uh, what he does have this year that he hasn't had his entire career is a big man who can facilitate from anywhere on the court. Mm. As well as he has a power forward who can do the same. So Kyle Kuzma made a joke uh, two games ago in the post-game uh, thing where he talked about telling um telling um, Wes Unsell to run the offense through him. Uh It was a joke, and he laughed at it. But when he said it, it made perfect sense. Uh Why? Because if you, when you watch the games that the Wizards have had this year, when Kyle Kuzma brings the ball down and he goes downhill with the ball, he's been borderline unstoppable when that happens. And when they double team him doing that, he frees up a lot of stuff for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So if Bradley Bill is the one doing like a Corey Kispert or some of these other guys, and he's just tra- he's traveling the three point line or traveling somewhere else, or as Kuzma's driving, he's following him in in a trail position for him to dump it off by, back behind him or to the side or wherever whatever the case may be. Bradley Bill would still be able to thrive, but he would thrive in the way he's thrived his entire career as Mm. being that guy that has been there for whoever is facilitating to dump the ball off to where he's able to set his feet and score. He doesn't have to get the ball, dribble, get double team, triple team, and everything else trying to get to the basket or get to his spots. He's getting to his spots because somebody else is setting him up to get to those spots which is something Russell Westbrook did so well when he was here because Russell commanded double teams when he drove. Uh And when he's commanding those double teams, now teams are getting in rotation. Uh, They have to, they have to get in defensive rotations in which you can get the ball and start swinging it. Well, that's where uh, Bradley bill thrives standing there setting his already got his feet set. Soon as he catches the ball, knock down the shot. And that's what got him that contract. When he averaged over, when he was number two in the league to uh, Steph Curry, he wasn't creating for himself. He wasn't doing all of that stuff. Russell Westbrook would sit there, give him the ball in positions where he could thrive and go from there. Mm -hmm. And that's why I said the identity crisis is, is in play right now because because he got that big contract, they want to make him do things that he ain't good at. And instead of keeping him in a place where he could thrive, 
they rather try to run it through him. And then Bradley Bill doesn't have the ability. He, he does not have the skill set to be a true facilitating point guard slash scorer. Like Steph Curry. I mean, like Steph Curry and Dame Leonard, Lillard and some of the other great point guards. He's not a point guard. So don't force him to be something he's not. If you have a playmaker on the team, let the playmakers be the playmakers and let the scores be the scores. That does make sense. I get what you're saying. And I mean, when you describe the personnel as a better fit, I guess I hadn't looked at it the same way. So I have to understand that, hey, like in a certain, and this is just how Bradley Beal and most players in the NBA are, in a certain situation where they have a fine role and they're able to flourish in that, they can be good. Not everyone's going to be a LeBron James or Luka Doncic. And I think, you know, Bradley Beal is not either of that. So I agree with you on that front. Um, I guess looking aside from that, especially over this past week and change, um, which Wizard players do you think have stood out? I mean, I think if I have to nominate one uh, just for this week, uh, I'm going to say Kyle Kuzma. Um, you know, just this past week uh, against the Dallas Mavericks and a good win, uh, which was a really nice win. Spencer Dinwiddie definitely came lighting it up, trying to get that win back against his old team. But Kyle Kuzma did not let that happen. 36 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, and 5 three-pointers made. Like, that was a bomb game for him. He did regress a little bit later into the second, the, the next two games after, but I really love that performance that he gave, not just because of his scoring, but also his distributing of the ball. But there are other candidates for sure. Um, you know, Den- Denny of Deja is one. Corey Kispert's been solid. Jordan Goodwin, like you mentioned, you said he's MVP, so I think that might be your pick. But I thought to you, Carthen, which wizard <laughs> has been a standout for you over these last, you know, stretch of games? You already said it. Jordan <laughs> Goodwin. <laughs> Jordan Goodwin. All right. Well, yeah, t- and I'm t- <laughs> tell I'll us tell why. You why. <laughs> so we talked, you just mentioned Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie came in like gangbusters. He was knocking down everything that in the start of that game. Yeah. They needed somebody to go turn his water off. Enter Jordan Goodwin. Jordan Goodwin has been the missing piece the Wizards have been missing since DeLon Wright went down. We talked he about is this. that he is that guard defensive stopper. Mm. So being able to put him in there and play defense against guys and shut them down is what the Wizards were missing as to why when they started having their losing streak once DeLon Wright went down. Okay. So also Jordan Goodwin has been he he's been knocking down shots. He since the he he has been playing outside of the assist to turnover ratio as the Wizards best point guard. Oh, in my in my opinion, mm-hmm. and I'm just projecting, Jordan Goodwin will be the next Van Fleet, that guy who goes from from the G League to getting a two way contract to becoming a regular contract NBA player to an All Star, he oh, wow. will be that he will be that type of guy because Jordan Goodwin plays the game like if I don't play the game hard, this will be my last game. It's that mentality, that, that desperation, right? He plays the game with the intensity that the game deserves. He does not cheat the game on one possession. 
he gets fired up. He plays he, when he makes a play. He's he he gets riled up. He was going at even though John Morant wasn't playing against the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies, he was going at John Morant on the bench because John him and John mouthing back and forth at Just each some other. John, yeah. And, and he would John, John Morant would come and say something. He come right back down the court, bop, drop a three on him. Look at him and start giving him the the the, the he talking too much about. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's like, keep talking, keep talking. It, it was so bad that John on a during the timeout, John Morant got up and started walking towards the Wizards bench while Jordan Goodwin and the team is going down to the bench to to hear what Wes Unseal got to say. And he joined at him. Wow. And, and Took him out Jordan the game. Goodwin is going back at him as he's wa- still walking towards the bench. Wow. So Jordan Goodwin has just been that player that everybody is saying they just need to go ahead and convert him to a regular uh like a regular contract, contract. Mm-hmm. instead of just leaving him on a two-way, which to me is dumb because until he reaches that limit of 45 games there's no point in doing it. You can you. leave him where he is, and then when you – you they're going to have to convert him because they're going to need him for the playoffs. Yeah. So because they're going to need him for the playoffs, they're going to have to convert him, but the only problem is they got to get rid of somebody. So it's one of has, those things that's going to happen because it has to happen. Correct. He's playing way too well to keep, to, to keep him just on a two-way contract. And, mm. and you know the the Wizards have the ability to keep him even after after uh, next year they have his bird rights because he's a two way player, but they are going to have to convert him because his play is that dominant that you yeah. can't keep him on a two way. And that's cool. That's it's really cool when you see a player kind of break out where, the, okay, we have to give this guy some minutes because he's busting his tail. He's fighting hard every possession, knocking down timely shots. Like, I agree. Is he – I mean, you said uh, Fred Van Vliet, so you think he'd be a spark plug for this Wizards team for a, a, a good stretch here. For years to come. I, I, I honestly believe that within the next three to four years, he may be the Wizards' starting point guard. He ha- He is playing at that type of level. Whoa. Whoa. He, he, he really is. Do you and, think uh-huh. – Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think that's just been because he's been in a good role? Do you think that this is like his breakout coming out party? Is it the competition? Like what factors is it that, you know, he basically comes from out of nowhere and it's like I'm not, we're, I'm sure we're both familiar with Jordan Goodwin, but you know what I mean? Like to have the role he is now, is this something that you think just kind of lighting in a bottle? Is it something you can contain and, and project moving forward? This was this was seen last year when he was a rookie playing on a G League team. Mm-hmm. You don't have you, you don't have guys that come out of college that have his type of stats that just don't translate. There's certain things that he did when he was at St. Louis. He was the defensive MVP of, of their league. He was the only guard to average ten rebounds a game. He averaged a double double in points and rebounds as a point guard in college, that's unheard of. That's pretty monstrous. And yeah. On top of, on top of averaging, I think it was over two steals a game, almost one block a game. And we're talking about a dude that's six, three, but he plays like he's eight feet and he plays like he's Shaq. Wow. And so 
you you saw these things then, but because he came from a smaller school and we know that certain players get raised up higher than others because of that word that I hate the most when it comes to when you're looking at players and prospects in college, potential. Potential gets so many people fired. Is that famous word? Got a lot of potential. You know it, where they're going it, with it. it. It gets so many people fired. And it's like, okay, you can have the potential, but if you can't if you ain't showed it against weaker competition, what makes you think that, that there's certain things that that um there's certain things that people do that you know are going to translate. Rebounders are going to rebound. Mm-hmm. Shot blockers are going to sh- are going to block shots. People who who are constantly making steals are going to make steals in the NBA. There, there's certain things that people do that are going that you know are going to translate. That's just how it works. And, yeah. And with Jordan Goodwin, his stats you knew were going to translate. He knows how to rebound. He knows how to get in position to do the dirty work inside a basketball game and it's something that he does even to this day which is the reason why i said that he's my mvp of the four game uh of the the four game winning streak because kyle kuzma we know what he gonna do especially brad is out we know he gonna he he gonna take on trying to be number one option and everything else like that get bigger piece of pie yeah he he gonna do he gonna do what he do but it's the it's the other stuff. It, it's the things that may not necessarily show up on a stat sheet. And like I said, Jordan Goodwin is locking people up. He's shutting water off of, of many people. He show he was part of the reason that that uh, Luka Doncic had the game he had against Washington. It wasn't just Kyle Kuzma. It, I mean, it was a team effort. But when Luka start when when they saw the, that they were turning on the faucet, timeout. Jordan, mm-hmm. go in the game. Lock him up. Do what and, you gotta do. And that's what he did. He went in the game. He knew his assignment. He did what he was supposed to do. He turned the water off. And uh, my thing is that's what makes him my um, MVP. One of the games he had over the four-game stretch, he was perfect from the field. Mm-hmm. He knocked down three three-point shots. It's not like he's just doing just bare minimum type stuff. I mean, he is shooting lights out. He and he's playing crazy defense. And that's all you need. That's the blueprint right there for a successful NBA player. So I'm with you. And and someone who, like you said, with the absence of Delon Wright, has really given this team a shot in the arm. So really cool to see that. I'm running low on time here before we take it home, yo. But uh. Who's somebody that you wish would just improve? Um, somebody who's had a stretch so far that you haven't been impressed with the way they played and they could definitely step it up another level. So not even like a bad thing, just like, oh, okay, you can do better. If I had to pick somebody, I... Hmm. I don't know. I would probably say Denny. I think Rui Hachimura has moments, but Denny can just be so much more, I think, with defensive versatility and just if he has some consistent confidence in his offense, particularly his outside shot. But I'm going to throw it to you, Carthen. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't even say Denny. Okay. Denny, because Denny has a job. 
then he knows his job and he plays his job well. Then he is starting because of one reason. He is a defensive stopper. Mm. He's not in there to necessarily be a scorer. Does he does he want to be a more consistent scorer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he working on that? Yeah, because he I mean, you think about it. They played uh it wasn't last game. I want to say it was against the Utah Jazz. Makes sense. Then he was either the leading scorer or Oh, he was second leading scorer against the Grizzlies too. Knocked down four threes. Right. He scored 21 points. Mm -hmm. And you look at stuff like that and you're like, okay, here's Denny doing his thing. Mm -hmm. He's knocking down shots. He's playing crazy defense. That's what he, that's what his job is. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I, I, I can't, if I had to pick somebody, I would have to say it's Will Barton. And the reason that I say Will Barton is because Will Barton's one of those he he's our bench scorer. He's the one to come off the bench for the second unit and is expected to be that bench scorer. So I would love for, to see him step it up and score more. But what he's doing is still great. I I just picked him because I had to, because I see what you mean. Just close. somebody, yeah. Like he's doing good. It's not. It's not. And it's not a purely negative thing. He's doing good. He could do better. That's all. And I'm with you on that for sure. Um, and, and I would say the other person. I, I would say it'd be a toss up between him and Rui, because Rui one game I had 23 points, and then you look at his stats against uh, the Grizzlies the other night, and without Ja Morant, without uh, Desmond Bain. He only scored three points. Yeah. I'm like. It comes and goes. It's not something consistent. It's an ebb and a flow. Absolutely. And you want right. to see that consistency there for sure. Just the hallmarks of someone. Huh? Especially when him being the second uh, the second scoring option in our second unit. Absolutely. You kind of need him to be there. <laughs> you kind of do. Exactly. There's no, there's no time off for that for sure. All right, Carl. We only got a few more minutes left here before we take these folks home. But last time we did this. We did a little prediction time, and Carthen said the Wizards are going to run the table, uh, and I don't think they won a game. <laughs> and, they, they won one. They, they, oh, they did. They won. Which one they beat? Who they one beat? Part, one part of my uh, prediction did come true. They I forgot. Two, they won one of the two games against Philly. There you go. There you go. You... <laughs> they lost the rest of them. And they lost the rest of them. So I'm going to give you another chance here to try and make it right, Carthen. We got this week recording this on Monday the 14th. So just looking from the 14th through the 19th, the Wizards play the Thunder, the Heat, and then the Hornets. Who do you, what do you have for this Wizards team? Are we going 3-0, 2-1, 1-2? How are we feeling? Again, it's the Thunder at home, the Heat, and the Wizards. Three-game homestand. Okay, Thunders, the Thunder, the Heat, and the Hornets. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's going to be two and one. All right. And I say that because I think they are going to lose to either the Thunder or Miami. Okay, and I like the reason, that. The, the, the reason that I don't say three and oh is because the 
Miami game is the return of the original Washington Big Three mm. of Gilbert Arenas, Antoine Jameson, Karan Butler. Yep. They're doing this whole big old thing for them three on the 18th. That's and cool. because of that, the team may be the, the the atmosphere and the team may be so worked up or whatever, or the team may be just so over the overwhelming thing that they're doing for them that they may fall flat on their face. Mm, lethargic or whatever. And um the other thing is after uh OKC dropped 140 on somebody earlier this week. Oh uh, OKC, the Knicks. The Knicks. Yeah, on the on the Knicks. You you gotta kind of be like, huh. <laughs> yeah. Is, is the Wizards neck are they their next victim? Because you, yeah. you, if you really want to if you really want to think about it, the uh Sam Presley's done a, an amazing job of his process with Oklahoma City. They can put a lineup out there where the shortest person on the team is six eight. Yep, and that'll work. And, and you got a team of six eight and above. That's borderline Toronto Raptors mm-hmm. type of or type of deal where you just got a bunch of long athletic wings. And they start getting downhill. Yeah. It's, it's it's really like playing. In all honesty, it's really like playing the Wizards right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Wizards are going out there with huge lineups. Yep, and they get nine time. And they're playing. They're they're playing not to shoot the three. They're playing mm-hmm. to get in the paint and score. They're kind of a mirror image of each other, of except each other. for the Wizards are a little more experienced than, than the other. Yeah, than 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 OKC. So it's just a matter. One of those two, I think they're going to lose, but I think they're going to blow out uh, uh, Charlotte. Charlotte, I feel you on that, man. Well, we are plumb out of time here, real quick. I know Carthen. We can check y'all out, Carthen NBA, me Corbin NBA Wizards Ethos Wizards on Twitter. Carthen, it's been a blast, man. Want to thank you again. We'll be doing this again in a couple days. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. 